Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. As part of our effort to serve you as a writer, one thing we know we need to do is serve you as a reader too. Reading a diverse group of writers is one of the fastest and most effective ways to grow your skill set as a writer. Not to mention, the more we hear about how other books have impacted the lives of those who have stumbled across them, the more motivated we tend to feel to put our own words on paper without worrying too much about how many people are going to read them. On these book review episodes, you'll hear about books that are both popular and obscure, books that are written for someone exactly like you, as well as books that were written for a very different audience, but that you'll likely find helpful, transformative, and even applicable to your life. You'll hear about authors you might never have heard of if not for this podcast, and you'll be shocked at the kind of impact even a quote unknown writer can have on the world. We hope it inspires you to read more, write more, and to believe in the power of your words to change the world. Never wonder again where your next favorite book is going to come from. This is your one-stop shop for great recommendations, honest reviews, and the next great book you're not going to want to miss adding to your shelf. On today's episode of Find Your Voice Book Reviews, I talk with Mela Hofbeck, who's going to talk to you about a book that you've probably heard of before, but this is one we need now more than ever. This book is for the leaders and the helpers and the world changers, and it completely flips upside down the traditional advice you've heard about what makes a person successful, wealthy, happy, and what allows them to be a force of love and change in the world. The advice this book gives is simple, and yet the thing it's asking us to do is something most of us resist. If you are someone who wants to make a difference in the world, if you see yourself as a leader, if you're a parent or a teacher or a mentor or an influencer in any capacity, you need to read this book if you haven't already and reread it if you've read it before. So listen to the episode, hear Mela's take, and then I hope you'll grab your own copy of the book from the link in the show notes. Either way, I hope you enjoy this interview about Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the way we live, love, lead, and parent. Hi, Mela. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast. Hey, Allie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. This is fun. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to hear about this book that you love. Can you start out by telling us just the title of the book and then in a few sentences, what is it about? Yes. Okay. So the book that I picked to share with you today is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Pretty well-known book. And this one's just been particularly impactful to me. So I came across this book originally because I had heard of Brene Brown. She has her really famous YouTube video about vulnerability and shame. So I had seen that before. And that was kind of my first introduction to Brene Brown. And then I had read her book 
called The Gifts of Imperfection. And that was a pretty quick read. It's a lot shorter, which was just super helpful to me as someone who has a lot of perfectionistic tendencies. <laughs> but I had had a lot of people tell me about reading Darren Greatly. And so I had been on my reading list for several years, but I just hadn't got around to it. And I typically like to order books that I'm like looking forward to reading <laughs> and have a couple <laughs> on hand and have them on my bookshelf. So then when it comes time to read them, they're there. This was one of them. And I had it on my shelf. And then usually I like, when it's time for me to pick my next book, I'll take a deep breath. And I'll go in. I, I love picking my next book. And I'll just kind of look at my bookshelf and see what jumps out at me of what's the next one to read. And usually it's something that just is in stride with whatever I'm going going on in my life. And Darren Greatly kind of jumped out at me a little over a year ago. And I had fairly recently quit my full-time job working for a big social media agency in LA. And quit my job to be an entrepreneur and work with my husband. And, you know, it's scary when one person quits their job to be an entrepreneur in your family. And then for me to be the second person for us to both rely on our income of our own business. So Darren greatly felt like it fit that time. <laughs> I love it. What kind of advice or tips did she give you in the book that helped you or that connected with you along that journey? Oh my gosh. Well, this book is just literally chock full of so much wisdom and goodness because she's a researcher and she's so wise and smart and she just does so much research that she puts into the book but it's really practical things about being a human mm. and so like there's so much good stuff in it but I feel like there's a couple of specific quotes that I can share with yeah, you. Yeah sure. That. Feel free to share a quote that okay. resonates. Because there's, it was hard to pick something because there's so much <laughs> that I could share. But So the, the quote that I, I wanted to share for today was a piece, uh, She just to like lead into it, she talks in the book a lot about vulnerability and shame. And this part, she's kind of leading into talking about self-compassion. So she shares, in addition to practicing self-compassion and trust me, like gratitude and everything else worthwhile, it's a practice. We must also remember that our worthiness that core belief that we are enough comes only when we live inside our story. We either own our stories, even the messy ones, or we stand outside of them, denying our vulnerabilities and imperfections, orphaning the parts of us that don't fit in with who or what we think we're supposed to be, and hustling for other people's approval of our worthiness. Perfectionism is exhausting because hustling is exhausting. It's a never-ending performance. And I just want to go, jump back because the piece that like hit me the most was where she says, we must also remember that our worthiness, that core belief that we are enough comes only when we live inside our story. Mm. We either own our stories, even the messy ones, or we stand outside of them. And go ahead if you're going to say Oh, that. I was just <laughs> going to say, I love that too. It, it resonates with me also. And it's been a long time since I've read Daring Greatly. I did read it up around the time that it came out, but uh -huh. I have forgotten about that quote, but it one of the things that it makes me think of is why it's so powerful for people to write down their story because yeah. you really start to see your place in it. You start to uh -huh. see yourself as the hero of your own story and you start to see the role that you've played in getting yourself to where you are in your story. And I think that's a lot of what she's talking about in that book is mm -hmm. how can you, you know, she doesn't say it this way, but become the hero of your own life. Yeah. And she does talk about like writing down your story in the book too, which 
I love, like that I flagged this other, it's a different part of the book, but it ties right in. It's she says, own the story. Don't bury it and let it fester or define me. I often say this out loud as a mantra. If you own the story, you get to write the ending. If you own the story, you get to write the ending. Uh, and then she goes on to specifically even talk about the power of writing things down too. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I had forgotten about that completely, but thank you, Brene Brown. Yeah, I know. And I just love that because I even wrote in my, I when I wrote this, I wrote in the margin of the book in all caps, this, this is what I'm realizing. And this is what I'm working on. And um, I even wrote in the I don't know if I can curse on the podcast. You go for it. Yes. <laughs> I wrote also, oh shit, because <laughs> I was like, crap, like this is literally me, me right now. Like this is what I'm battling is mm-hmm. that piece of owning all the pieces of the story. That's why I wanted to share this passage and why I picked this quote because it hit me like a ton of bricks when I read that, like crap, like I'm not owning the messy parts. You know, I'm, 30. And when I look back on a lot of my 20s, I think there was a lot of hard things that happened at different parts of my life that it just felt a lot easier to kind of brush the hard things aside and not own those pieces like broken relationships, you know, people that I thought were friends that really hurt me and battling those kind of broken relationships, you know, coming up with health issues with my husband and myself, things that you're like, man, I didn't see that coming. Or even family dynamic relationships that kind of shift, you know, as you get older with siblings or parents or things that you're just like, man, this is hard stuff and things you just don't expect or see coming. And you know, life's never promised to be easy, but I think I was just, my tendency was to kind of swipe away or kind of hide away those hard things and not fully own them. And when I read this, it just hit me that I really have been standing outside of some significant stories in my life. And it wasn't helping me. Mm -hmm. It was actually hurting me because I was avoiding the hard stuff. That makes so much sense. It also makes sense knowing you a little bit behind the scenes, Mela, because you have done a bunch of work with Find Your Voice and also you're a part of our Prepare to Publish program. And you and I have become friends over the course of the last, I don't know, eight, nine months, a year, somewhere in there that we've yeah. been together. And one thing I know about you is you're an incredibly positive person. You always have a smile on your face. You always see the bright side. Of, <laughs> you know, you always see what's good about That's a situation. True. So, and I didn't tell you I was going to throw this question at you, but I'm curious, like, is there a balance there between really being honest and vulnerable about the messy parts of your story and also mm-hmm. maintaining that that sense of positivity. I don't know if that maybe is part of the tension that you were feeling. Yeah, I think it is because I think that's one of my strengths finder uh, strengths is positivity. Mm. And I tend to, you know, look at life as like glass half full kind of thing. And I think for sure that was what I was coming up against because I tend to be a really like positive, like everything's going to work out kind of person. So like when I was coming up against these hard things, I think it's, it's been hard for me to really let myself sit in the hardness and battle them and wrestle with it and accept it. And as part of life, instead of it being something that's me being not good enough or me being not worthy enough or 
failing in some type of way at a relationship because relationships are so important to me. And I think like this passage and what Brené Brown talks about is the importance of like how she positioned it, how she worded it, like owning the story or standing outside of it. And when she kind of described that as like standing outside of it, I think that's what I realized like as a generally pretty positive person, if I was not owning the fullness of the stories of my life and the hard things, I wasn't having the personal growth and healing and progress that I was really wanting. Like I felt like I was allowing myself to sit in the bitterness and the anger kind of under the surface or just try to move on and let time go by. And she even says it as orphaning the parts of us that don't Mm. fit. And that hit me. I'm like, gosh, like I am, I'm like, I'm orphaning this part of my life. That's it's hard, but hard stuff is part of life. And if I, if I own it, and get to rewrite what the ending and the outcome and the results of that looks like, it's going to help me be better and stronger on the outside instead of just letting it be this kind of like dark hole of my life that I just don't touch. Yeah. And rather, if I if I go there and I process it instead of orphaning it, I'm going to be better for it. I'm going to be more whole. I'm going to be stronger and grow by dealing with those things and facing those things as a person instead of just like not going there. If that makes sense. Amazing. Makes perfect sense. How has this book changed your life? Maybe paint a picture for us of what life was like before this book came into your life. And then after you finished reading it, what was different? Yeah. I think that before I kind of painted a picture a little bit here of what life was like for me before I think of just, I think even I'll even go so far as to say is like letting myself kind of be the victim of the hard things and kind of feels good to be the victim sometimes. Like when you just sit in it and, you know, put the blame on other people. And I sat in that for a long time. And I think this book, you know, amongst others and podcasts and just different other things I've done, but especially this book really helped call out what I was doing. Like that I was orphaning these pieces that I was sitting in this like victim mindset and letting that just kind of fester. Mm. And it called me out a little bit. And that's why I wrote, oh shit, in the margins, because (laughs) it's like, no, it's on me to take ownership of those stories as part of my life. And it's not bad, like bad, crappy stuff happens in everybody's life. It's about what I do with it and crafting the story that comes out of it. And so I think that before reading this book, my tendency was to more just sit in it and kind of let it kind of sit in the the shadiness and the cloudiness of life and let myself be the victim. And I think it's really challenged me to do the work to own my own stories and to like actually face those hard things, what broken friendships, you know, the challenges of health diagnoses that you can't quite wrestle with of like, why is this happening? And what does this mean for my life when I thought I was going to be young and healthy and move and do all the things I wanted to do? You know, and what does that look like? And instead of being the victim to that and pushing aside those pieces of my life to really take ownership and say, no, like Mm -hmm. I get to, I'm worthy as I am and hard things happen. And I get to craft what happens now as a result of this. And shift some things. And it's my responsibility to do that. Nobody else's. That's great. If you were going to hand this book, put this book in the hands of someone who's listening right now 
and say to them, you've got to read this book because what would you say? How would you finish that sentence? I would say you have to read this book and you need to finish it (laughs) because it's really a book about being human. I think I kind of mentioned this at the start, but vulnerability and shame, which we all experience as part of the human experience, is so real. And I think it's a book that also is helpful for men and women, that men and women can both find themselves in it, that um, it gives permission for human beings to open and soften and be real. And especially like in a world where I think culturally, it's so easy to put up walls and put on masks and present yourself a certain way as you want to be seen or to kind of just fight through life and not face the hard things, but just to kind of sweep them under the rug, kind of like I have done a lot. And I think that Brené Brown presents a different narrative of what life can look like. She presents this opportunity to learn about she's because she's super educated. So she teaches you about like the really practical things of shame and emotions. And you learn about what that is in the human experience. But then she also presents ways to grow and get better and how to be open and to be vulnerable and how that can really help you heal and be your fullest, happiest self really in the long run. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing this book with us, Mela. It's a book I know that has had a huge impact on me and it has on you. Yeah. I hope everybody listening will go out and grab a copy. Will you say the title, so title one more time so people can go get a copy if they want? Yes. It's Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead by Brene Brown. Amazing. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks, Allie. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.